Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural podcast of Keith Crosby Out of My Mind. This is podcast 001, where I hope to have a biblical conversation with you about the crazy world in which we all live. My premise is that the Bible has something to say about every inch of thread that makes up the fabric of our existence. And so we look to the Bible to enable us to make sense of our existence and not merely to survive, but to thrive in this broken, fallen, and often confusing world in which we live. Somebody a lot wiser than me put it this way about the Bible. The Bible reveals the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation. Its doctrine is holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be saved, and practice it to be holy. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's charter. So, join me for over the next 20 minutes or so, and I hope to provide you with a bird's eye view perspective of a complex issue that confronts our culture, or the church, or you, using God's word to make sense of it all. And at the end of the podcast, I'll point you in the direction of some additional resources for further study. So if you want to, you can dig a little bit deeper. In the meantime, let's get started. Today's topic sounds kind of odd, racial profiling and how it threatens the church. This is a big issue these days. Why does the church do racial profiling? No, people, well-intended people, sometimes fall into the trap of racial profiling in the church. You see, you hear a lot today about white privilege, even in the Church of Jesus Christ. Mainstream young hipster pastors from Dallas, Texas, to older hipster pastors in Northern California, many seminaries and liberal arts, uh, uh, Christian liberal arts colleges and universities, from Azusa, California, to Santa Barbara, California, to Wheaton, Illinois, are apologizing left and right for their so-called white privilege and their whiteness. What's going on here is they have succumbed to and imbibed deeply the latest fad that plagues our culture, and that is critical theory and intersectionality. It used to be the purview of the uh, academic arena, but now it's worked its way into the church. And in a kind of an odd way, it's like life imitating art. In fact, if you, look, if, if you know anything about George Orwell's Animal Farm, you'll find a scene in Chapter 7 where different animals are called upon by the community, the larger animal community and those in charge, to confess crimes they've committed against the community and to uh, dutifully do so. And they do that, and they end up uh, being executed. If you look at our recent history, uh, Chairman Mao's China with the Cultural Revolution and the Great Leap Forward, students were allowed to run amok in China and mobs would confront educators and community leaders and make them confess some sin against China, the Chinese people, and the Communist Party before being hurried off stage to resign their positions of influence, never to be seen or heard from again. The problem is, is this is what we're seeing today in our own culture. This isn't fiction. And this, this has nothing to do with bizarre abuses in a faraway country and culture. The problem is, is that today there are leaders in the church who are not only weakening if destroying their own ministries, but at the same time, they're threatening the church by subscribing to what amounts to some kind of woke intersectional racial profiling. 
It's as if they fail to understand the scriptures that they preach or the calling to which they've been called. It's as if they've forgotten God and their calling altogether somehow. They've forgotten the grace of God and their ministry are both privileges uh, bestowed upon them by God. They are saved by grace, a grace that grants the privilege of ministry. And it's a grace that's greater than you or I or them deserve. And that's why it's a privilege. It's quite undeserved. You know, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, which I think many of us have memorized, goes like this, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, that we might walk in them. And what this really speaks to is every Christian's calling. God has put us in a place. He's raised us up for such a time as this. He saved us, not because we deserved it, but because he chose to. And he wants us to do the works that he has called us to do. And this is a high privilege. Wherever you are, whatever context you're in, God put you there. Whatever sphere of influence you have. And the problem is that this whole uh, intersectionality thing, this whole critical theory thing, has a wrong view of the world, a wrong view of reality. It, it misunderstands completely the human condition. It misunderstands sin. It misunderstands salvation. And it misunderstands truth. And it's got this faulty worldview. It sees a world that is devoid of God's goodness, his grace, his sovereignty, and his providence. It sees a world where there are only two groups, two tribes, the oppressor and the oppressed, or the powerful and the powerless. And it assumes that God is not at work causing all things to work together for good, fulfilling redemptive history according to his will, despite the sin of a fallen world. And that he works through fallen creatures that he's privileged to serve him. Wokeness and critical theory divides the world and is dividing the church. And all this is the opposite of God's will. God seeks to unite, not divide. And that's why the Holy Spirit says through the pen of Paul, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. So if God has knocked down the dividing wall between him and us, if he's united us together, regardless of who we were or where we came from, we are not to try to undo that. We are not to make artificial distinctions based on the distinctions that he's eliminated in Christ. We're not to be respecters of persons to show partiality. You know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians uh, 4, 7, that we only have what we've received. No one is to regard themselves as superior or for that matter, inferior. Because everything that we have, God has allowed or ordained. Now, admittedly, there's a tension with all this in a fallen world. But in some sense, what God has joined together, we must not try and separate. And this is where the whole oppressor and oppressed thing fails. To assume that all white people, for example, are oppressors or the sons and daughters of oppressors is at its core racist. I mean, think about it. Should anyone make that kind of generalization? I mean, that's, that would be bigoted in any other context. If somebody made that context about a particular nationality and said, well, they're all here illegally or, or they are all undocumented or they got here 
If you make any kind of generalization like that, in most contexts, we'd call it racism. But this gets back to what some are calling racial profiling within the church, because people are generalizing an accusation based upon race, in this case, whiteness. And, we, and we, moreover, we see the so-called formerly oppressed people allegedly demanding uh, the right to engage in reverse oppression. But this kind of thing is totally against God's will. If you, if you look in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 14 to 21, you read this, and I'm just going to kind of excerpt it here. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Live in harmony with one another. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So if, if there's neither Jew nor Greek, nor free nor slave, nor male nor female, or black or white, if we're all one in Christ, heir of the promises, we should not seek to subdivide again. We should not seek to create differences between us. And, and we should not be falling prey to this whole intersectionality, racial profiling thing, which is just the opposite of what Christ commands. In his high priestly prayer in John 17, 20, Jesus said, I do not ask for these only, but for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as we are one. We have to remember that we're all God's children, no matter what color or language or nationality. All Christians are children of privilege, heirs, and fellow heirs of the promise. None of us, white, copper skin, black, brown, whatever, can afford justice because we're all sinners. We all need it and need grace. So we should stop making distinctions that God doesn't make, that God forbids. We should stop calling for vengeance or revenge of any kind. That would be like the uh, unforgiving or ungrateful servant in the parable in Matthew 18. You know, if you know the story, he, he uh, owes a debt that he cannot pay. He begs for mercy and his master forgives the debt. And then he turns right around, goes out, grabs a fellow servant by the throat and starts choking him and says, pay me what you owe. And his master finds out and it doesn't end well for him. And this kind of racial profiling and division within the church today along racial lines this uh, intersectionality, this critical theory, oppressor versus oppressed divide will not end well for us because it's unchristian, it's demonic. And if it's woke, we should avoid it at all costs. And that is woke. So stop dividing the church through racial profiling unless you want to destroy the church. Case in point, I listened to uh, a discussion between an interviewer and a, and a so-called old atheist uh, they were talking about old atheism versus new atheism and how to destroy the church from within. And they were laughing about how the church is destroying itself. And so I want to play this clip for you. The sound quality isn't great, but I think what they say is telling. I have had in the back of my mind that if this were at the height of the new atheist movement and when you know we were extremely involved in that, if I wanted a plan... If I were going to design a plan to bring the whole thing down. The whole, all of Christianity. Let's end Christianity. How Christian do we do it? Dumb. Yeah, how would you do it? Make them woke. Yep. It'll eat itself from the inside. Yep. And then I'd be 
I'm not the old guard atheist that I, refer, I, I alluded to earlier. But if I were the old school angry atheist, it's like, let's just throw rocks at the cathedral till it falls down. I'd start making woke <laughs> pastors and sending them in because they're going to tear everything apart yeah. because they're going to make everything about identity. It's inevitable. And that's all they talk about. Now, did you get that? The whole identity thing. This is the racial profiling I'm talking about within the church. If you're a born again Christian, if you're a born again pastor, stop apologizing. God has raised you up right where you are for such a time as this. He's given you what you have, the privileges, the influence. He's placed you in your sphere of influence, in your ministry to do the good works and the service of the Savior that you might walk in them. So you only have what you've received. So don't regard yourself as superior or guilty. And if you are fragile in any sense of that word, that might be a good thing in the sense that Paul had a thorn in his flesh. Paul was fragile. And three times he asked God to remove that thorn. And three times God said no. God said, my power is perfected in your weakness. So we should stop disrespecting the grace of God and the God of that grace. People need to stop harming the church by dividing the people of God with some sort of uh, racial profiling model or mandate. Or as some of the fundamentalist people might say, stop doing the devil's work. And they need to be about their father's work. This whole woke thing, this critical theory, this intersectionality, this racial profiling within the church has got to stop. Well, that's it for today. If you'd like further resources, you can visit us online at www.gracetoliveradio.org and click the podcast resource button. There you'll find some links there that will connect you with a uh, resources for further study. There'll be a presentation by Dr. Neil Shinvey. Uh, he has an apologetics ministry. He had his PhD from Berkeley. He was associated with Yale University and the University of Durham in North Carolina. And he really, in 55 minutes, will tell you all you need to know about critical theory and intersectionality and wokeness and some of the things we've talked about today. And there's also this really good documentary entitled By What Standard? There'll be a link there for that as well. Now, it's a full-length movie, about an hour and 50 minutes long. And what it does is it explores the invasion of wokeness, critical theory, and intersectionality into the Southern Baptist Convention and some Southern Baptist seminaries. We also have a, look, a link to some uh, talks by Dr. Vody Bauckham that will help you to understand these issues as well. By the way, uh, Dr. Vody Bauckham and Dr. Neil Shinvey will be speaking at our church, at Hillside Church, on successive Wednesday nights in September. It'll, there'll be uh, three nights, one night each for one of these gentlemen, and then there'll be a panel discussion on the third night. And so visit our website, www.hillside.org, and learn more about that. And if you'd like to support this fledgling podcast, there's also a link on our Patreon page. And for a $25 gift, you can have a book uh, entitled uh, a Biblical Answer to Racial Unity by Carl Hargrove. Carl is a pastor at Grace Community Church where he serves on staff and he's also well, with the Master's Seminary. If you'd like to ask me a question, I'd love to hear from you. I try to answer emails within 24 hours. And if you're, and so you can email me at keith at hillside.org, keith at hillside.org. We'd love to have you worship with us. We do have outdoor services during the COVID-19 time. 
uh, at at 10.45 on Sunday mornings and at 6.30 on Sunday evenings. You can stream our online services at www.hillside.org forward slash services and watch our worship services there. And before we go, if you're listening to us on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or any other platform, please like us and give us a five-star rating so that we can move up in the ratings, so to speak, and perhaps reach more people for Christ. Now, we release this podcast on Wednesday, so we hope you'll join us next time. If not, you can subscribe to our our RSS feed to receive notifications next time we post a podcast. In the meantime, this is Keith Crosby, out of my mind, signing off. God bless you and keep you.